As most of you know, I went on a silent retreat last week. During this time, I had no TV, which meant that I didn't watch any cable news. <laughs> the first morning I was back at home, I grabbed my coffee in one hand and the remote control in the other, clicking to a morning program that I've been watching for some time now. I didn't realize that being away from it for several days would clear up my heart and soul, making me more sensitive to the various inputs, which is why I was surprised to feel emotionally assaulted within seconds of hearing the host's voice. The tone was somewhat angry and the goal seemed to be to stir a sense of outrage inside of me. I started to feel anxiety and anger and when I recognized these feelings, I felt a little sick to my stomach. How long have I been doing this to myself without even realizing the unnecessary pain it was causing me? Have you ever felt like this before? Have you ever been emotionally triggered by the news? Have you ever experienced news fatigue? Most of us have, especially in the year 2020, which was like a month-to-month -month challenge to top bad news with worse news every day. And the news was mostly bad, focusing on the coronavirus pandemic and partisan politics in an election year. We often saw images of protests and civil unrest. We were worried when we heard about sub-Sahara dust sweeping over our country or the possible invasion of murder hornets. <laughs> and as we got drunk on all this news, we forgot the natural consequences, a kind of information hangover. And the fact that we all had to stay home more than usual because of COVID-19 made it more likely for us to consume even more news than normal. Many of us are old enough to remember when news outlets consisted of three TV channels, a daily newspaper, and the radio. <laughs> when Walter Cronkite told us, that's the way it is at the end of every evening news broadcast, we had some time to digest what was going on. Today, we have 24-hour news networks on multiple platforms that focus almost exclusively on national politics and cater to very specific political groups. Most of this is then curated on social media, giving us even more information throughout the day. If we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to be bombarded by highly charged, controversial news. And I use quotes when saying news because when there is no real news or really important news, 24-hour networks have to generate something that will keep you tuned in so they can keep raking in money from advertisers. In addition to feeling bombarded, like someone is assaulting us with information, the stream of content is constant, giving us no time to digest, process, and yes, test everything that is being thrown at us. Finally, in addition to being controversial and constant, the news we consume is sometimes conflicting. It tends to include contradictory information that leaves us confused and stressed out, often with no tangible way to respond other than to offer our opinion.
author Neil Postman in his 1985 book, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death, called this the loop of impotence. He explains how the news elicits from you a variety of opinions about which you can do nothing except to offer them as more news about which you can do nothing. Postman writing in the days before the internet was already pointing to the problem of news fatigue or a general malaise that leaves us feeling depressed, powerless, and distrustful of news sources that often seem superficial, sensationalist, inaccurate, or hopelessly biased. The result is that the more news we consume, the more anxiety we feel, or on the flip side, the more desensitized we become to the news itself. One solution to that anxiety is to simply turn off the news, but that becomes increasingly difficult in a world where we are inundated with news every time we go into public spaces, either in person or online. Another solution might be to only focus on the good news, as people like actor John Krasinski tried to do earlier in the pandemic through his video series called Some Good News. But neither ignorance nor selectivity would seem to be the answer in a world anxious for the kind of news that people can actually do something about, to act on. What we need instead is a mindset that puts the current news within the context of an eternal perspective. The bad and good stuff happening now has happened before and will happen again. Rather than fret or foment yet another opinion about it all, the prophet Isaiah calls us to remember that the only news that really matters is that the God who created the world in which all of this news happens is still at work and will ultimately set everything right. Isaiah wrote to a people confronted with the reality of exile, people isolated and distanced far from home in circumstances they did not choose, even though this was a consequence of their own bad decisions. In Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 11, the section preceding the passage we read this morning, God announces through the prophet that a return from exile is on the horizon, a new exodus in which God's people would be set free and restored. God himself would dwell with them and he would feed them and protect them as a shepherd feeds and protects his flock. This is the news that God's people needed to hear. And it's the news that puts all other news into perspective. While the news wants us to be constantly worried because fear is a great motivator, God wants to banish fear and give us peace. Just think about it. While the news creates overwhelming anxiety about potential natural disasters, God reminds us that he is the creator who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. While the daily news focuses on the intrigue between nations, God reminds his people that to him, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are counted as dust on the scales. While the news wants us to be worried about our material safety and wealth, God reminds his people to be careful what they worship 
and to be mindful of the things over which they fret. Why? Because when we worry about something excessively, it becomes an enslaving idol in our lives. Rather, we are called to focus on the glory and goodness of God, who created everything. Indeed, the glory and character of God provides us with the best news we could possibly hear. Isaiah says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Our loving and just God is still on the throne and rules over the earth. All the calamities that dominate the news cycle are not news to God. God puts them all into perspective by taking the long view. Those rulers and newsmakers who crowd our screens today are as nothing to God, who sees them like withered plants that are here today and gone tomorrow. No one who makes the news will ever be God's equal. He is the one who creates them all. These are powerful reminders in Isaiah for the people of God who, like Israel, often got caught up in the news of the day and began to despair, or worse, got sucked into the world's idolatry, fear, and intrigue. The resultant news fatigue made them believe their plight was hidden from the Lord and that they had been disregarded by God. But that's when God comes shouting through once again with the news that should capture the attention of all God's people regardless of their circumstances. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. The God who creates it all allows nothing to escape his notice and will allow, allow nothing to defeat his purposes for the good of creation. No matter how bad the news seems to be, God's purposes will win out. That's the reason God himself does not suffer from news fatigue. As Isaiah puts it, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Not only does God know the long view of his purposes in history, he offers power and strength to those who feel the fatigue of bad news in the present. Human beings tend to busy themselves trying to either come up with solutions to every problem or offering their opinions to those who should be doing something to fix them. But as the pandemic has taught us, there are limits to human knowledge and human ability. If we only trust in ourselves, we are bound to experience the fatigue of despair when we fail or reach the end of our ability. The energy and idealism of youth can lead to disappointment and exhaustion when the reality sets in that we cannot fix the news no matter how hard we try. Again, rather than fret, fixate, or forgo the news, Isaiah invites us to deal with our fatigue in light of the larger reality the Creator God has once again declared to His people. Instead of 
waiting on the news by constantly turning on the TV or refreshing our screens or scrolling through a social media feed, Isaiah instead invites us to wait for the Lord. That waiting doesn't mean that we simply sit around and do nothing, allowing the news to continue to wash over us. No, to wait means to look to God to provide us with perspective, hope, and purpose through prayer and through being immersed in God's Word. How much might our news fatigue be mitigated, for example, if we committed to spending at least as much time in prayer as we do scrolling through the news and social media? Many of our phones and devices now tell us precisely how much time we spend online every day. Spending an equivalent amount of time listening to God and bringing our fatigue and worries to God would allow us the opportunity to put those things in perspective while at the same time renewing our strength to deal with the things that we can actually do something about. The rest, well, we simply put the rest in God's hands, knowing that His purposes went out in the end. Countering the news with daily discipline of time spent in the presence of God will enable us to pick up a different pace of life. Do you grab your phone to check the news first thing in the morning or flip on your favorite 24-hour news station? I'm learning in my own experience that this is a recipe for starting the day with anxiety rather than God's peace. This has led me to make some changes in my own life. First, instead of waking up and immediately grabbing the remote control, I grab my Bible and whatever devotionals that I'm using instead. I begin the day by reading, meditating, and praying on Scripture. This allows God's Word to give me a broader perspective on life and to fix my focus on things that will help me be a better disciple of Jesus throughout the day. Friends, what you focus on, especially first thing in the morning, will in many ways determine your mindset, and your mindset will determine your thinking and feeling. And your thinking and feeling will determine the quality of your day, and the quality of your days will determine the quality of your life. So why start the day with anger, outrage, fear, and anxiety? Is it not better to start with the good news of what God has done and is doing in us and around us? Is it not better to fix our focus on how we can better serve Jesus in our families, in the workplace, at school, or in our local communities? Realistic action that helps us gain more access to God's love, joy, peace, and hope. In addition to swearing off the news first thing in the morning, I'm trying to decrease the amount of news that I consume on a screen, whether it's a TV screen or a screen on my phone, tablet, or computer. And this is, this is hard, but I'm really trying. Rather than going to my screen, I'm trying to get more of my news the old-fashioned way through newspapers and periodicals, things actually printed on paper. Finally, when I do watch the news, I'm trying to limit myself to no more than one hour a day while leaning toward local news, which includes some national and international features, but which also keeps me grounded 
and things that are happening right outside my front door. As I share my own experience, I wonder if God is calling you to make some changes too. If so, what might these changes look like? While you and God together in prayer are in the best position to make these kinds of decisions, I think all of us can benefit from starting the day with scripture and prayer instead of with TV or social media. This is especially important to consider if you are experiencing news fatigue because the cure for news fatigue is to begin each day with the good news of Jesus first. Amen.